in the league from uh, your point. The Edmonton Oilers soundly beaten by the Minnesota Wild tonight. 5-1 is the final. Two goals for Kevin Fiala, two goals for Ryan Hartman. Leon Dreisettle had the only strike for the Oilers, a power play marker, his 21st of the season with the man advantage. That's a new team record. Gretzky and Ryan Smith held it with 20. Thanks a lot for joining us tonight. 8.57 along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Rob, the Minnesota Wild go 3-0 and against the Oilers this season, outscoring them 16-5. So full marks for the season series sweep. And tonight, uh, pretty much in control of the game throughout. They uh, they outplayed the Oilers at all ends of the ice, and they also made far fewer mistakes than the Edmonton Oilers. And uh, to me, turnover is a big part of this game. With that, Reed, is for the Oilers to play Minnesota in the playoffs, it would have to be the third round probably. So that's good. They don't right. have to see them early. Uh, yeah, Minnesota plays a style of hockey that uh sometimes the others struggle against they they don't give up any many chances they're sound defensively they're very strong on the four check uh they create uh, offensive chances by just simply limiting your time and space in, in your own defensive zone so uh, minnesota they're a good hockey club they're a really good five on five club specialty teams not as strong but uh we've been talking lately about the Oilers having a, a goaltending uh rotation with their two and can you play and win with two goaltenders instead of having a start. Well, the Minnesota Wild are doing that too. They've got two very good goaltenders in Fleury and Talbot. Talbot was excellent tonight. So uh, all good things must come to an end. The Oilers have had a nice streak going, but tonight they ran into a very good Minnesota team that is also on a very good uh, winning streak as well. Yeah, and in a game like this in which a team loses by four goals, there are obviously some ugly numbers. Uh, Duncan Keith winds up minus four his defense partner Evan Bouchard was minus three you had uh Nuge Fogel and Ryan all minus three now it was not just those five guys that was uh on the loss but just some ugly numbers for some players and there were some pretty tough moments specifically for Keith and Bouchard which we'll talk about in a second here back to Minnesota here is Jay Woodcroft coach of the Oilers uh they didn't have to work for everything they got let's put it that way yeah um Oh, we thought we were the authors of uh, a lot of the chances against just uh, with our breakout execution, our net play, um, we can be better. Is there a level of concern at all? Because like you had mentioned, some of those goals they capitalized on were just straight up turnovers in, in your zone. What's your level of concern with the defense? And maybe some there is there a level of concern, I guess, would be a better question. I would say that uh, we've tried to have the mindset of taking one day at a time. Today uh, wasn't our finest hour. We didn't come away with any points in a tough building. Uh, we can play better. The, the Bouchard-Keith pairing, just a rough night. Yeah. Yeah, it was a rough night, yeah. And it's not just on it's not on one person, it's not on two people. As a team, we can be a whole lot better. As a uh, group of five people breaking out of your own zone, we can be a lot better. Um, not our finest hour, and uh, we'll address it and and uh, get better tomorrow in practice. You swapped your lines up a little bit. At least you looked like you yeah. rotated your right wings for whatever reason. What was the thing? Yeah, just a spark. Just try and find a spark. I thought we were a little bit flat and uh, moved some pieces around. And uh, unfortunately, we didn't get what we wanted there. But 
um, we have a lot of good forwards. I know they'll respond. Jay, you've talked about the strides that you guys are hoping to make to become a great team. Can a game like this be looked at as to how consistent you have to be down the stretch in order to become that great team? Well, what I thought about that game tonight, it was a, it was a heavy game. Um, it was a game where every shift mattered uh, in terms of uh, I didn't think we leaked a whole bunch of chances or were uh, spending a numerous amount of time in our own end. I think at the end of the night we gave up 23 shots, but are there moments that we can be a lot better? And there are. Uh, and specifically, if I was just going to kind of nutshell it i'd say our breakout execution and our net play has to get a whole lot better especially against a team of that caliber is this there's something about this matchup that obviously doesn't agree with you others that they've won all three games fairly handily and teams in the league watch film so everybody's mm -hmm. going to try to do to you what, what minnesota does what do you have to do to guard against that to make sure that uh, you're equipped to deal with this next time it happens well um Right now, we're going to, like I said, we're, we're going to go and digest this game. Uh, we're going to pick out the things that, that have to improve for the Edmonton Oilers. I'm not as much concerned about what the Minnesota Wild did to us or, or whatnot. It, I'm more concerned, or not concerned, but more focused on uh, how we're going to improve uh, tomorrow. And I've already laid it out to you. The two areas that, uh, based on what we saw tonight, that have to improve going forward are our breakout execution and our net play. It's as simple as that. It comes down to uh, five players being on the same page. Even though we only gave up 23 shots, the the chances that we did give up, there were, there were too many great A's. Thanks. Hey, that's Jay Woodcroft, coach of the Oilers. They are beaten 5-1 by the Minnesota Wild tonight, Robin. He was asked specifically about Keith and Bouchard. Uh, you know, t obviously a tough night for that pairing. The goals went in on them, uh, but just the Oilers as a whole uh, weren't getting the puck out and hemmed in a lot and that's also why they only scored one goal. They didn't have the have the puck enough. But tough night in in their own end. Keith and Bouchard kind of took the brunt of it. Yeah, and he's never he's not going to single out certain players. And he said it's not on one or two players. It's on the whole group in the breakout. But in all honesty, those two had they had rough nights. You know, the first goal, Keith tries throwing the puck out in front of his own net to his man, and he missed him, and it turned into a, a breakaway for Goudreau. Uh, twice, Evan Bouchard had the puck on his stick. Uh, one, he just threw it away, and the other one, he had the Minnesota Wild player just came and took it off his stick. Uh, those are uh, things you have to, to learn that certain teams are going to play you harder and they're going to be quicker. And that's what we saw with the Minnesota Wild. Uh, the goal, were, the first goal, for example, uh, when Keith threw it away, the Minnesota Wild had three forwards below the, the faceoff dot on their forecheck. And that's something that's different. So normally when... Keith, or our defenseman for the Oilers, throws it into his, you know, slot area to one of his centermen. Uh, it's because that, that player is wide open. But the Minnesota Wild, they, they play a much more aggressive forecheck. And those are things that, and the question that was, the, the reporter asked was a really good one. And it's something we've talked about a lot. When the Oilers, someone beats the Oilers or has success slowing down Connor or slowing down Leon or stopping the power play or scoring on, on their power play, whatever it is, Teams around the league take notice, they take video, they watch video, and they start to dissect, okay, how can we have success when we play against the others? And it's not just Edmonton, they do that against every team in the NHL. When a team loses, how did they get beat? So they're going to look at some of the things that the Minnesota Wild did tonight. 
and how they can forecheck and what they did to Keith and to, to Bouchard. Is that something was a one-off or is this something that uh, these two can bleed chances against because uh, when they get pressured? So these are things that they'll address tomorrow in practice. They'll look at the video and they'll see what they can be better at. And the others as a whole are going to have to get better playing against teams like this because in the playoffs, this is how, I mean, L.A. plays a big forechecking type of game. The Vegas Gold Knights, if they're the team that hops in, also a big, strong, forechecking hockey club that doesn't give up as many chances, the Calgary Flames. So if the Oilers want to make a run in the playoffs, they're going to have to learn to beat teams like this. They're capable of it, but they also have to to play smarter. And tonight there were a, a number of plays, as, as Woodcroft talked about, that were self-inflicted or they were the author of their own story. And it's true. They every seemed like every goal that the Oilers gave up, especially the first four, they had control of the puck just seconds before the goal went in behind Koskinen. Yeah, definitely some work to do in practice tomorrow. That'll be our adjustment of the game for pro drain text for peace of mind down the line. I'll give you the full scoreboard in a few minutes, but I can tell you the LA Kings have beaten the Chicago Blackhawks 5-2, so they're two points back of the Oilers now once again, and Vancouver leads Vegas 2-1. That is very early in the uh, second period, and we'll keep you updated on that game and give you some other scores here as we move along. As uh, the Oilers are beaten in regulation for the first time after going 6 one one in their previous seven, they're now 42-26-6 and six on the season. The one goal by Leon Dreisaitl nets $100 for 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous from James H. Brown and Associates. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. James H. Brown given $100 every time the Oilers score. What did you think of the uh, Kane? Well, it started off Kaprizov, Yamamoto, and then it was Kane, Kaprizov, and then it was Kane against everybody on the ice who played <laughs> for the Minnesota Wild, and then it was Kane against Ryan Hartman. Well, as, as for if anyone touches Kaprizov, the entire team has to get in there. He's there, Connor McDavid. He's one of the best players in the National Hockey League. You do not want him anywhere near anything physical. So absolutely, they're all going to jump in. Um, and I give credit for Hartman. Uh, I, if, if it was a one-on-one fight, Kane's going to probably smush him, and it's not going to be pretty, but he got involved. And I give him all the props in the world for doing that. However, when he gave the finger to Kane at the end of the, the skirmish, to me, if I'm the, if I'm commissioner of the National Hockey League, that's one game suspension. It just it's it's a terrible, terrible look for the NHL when you have and Hartman's a good hockey player, having a great year. So when you have a one of the noticeable players in your in the league, one of the name players, and you're going to watch every news show or sports show tonight, and they're going to be showing him give the finger to a player on the other team, you can't have that. So. I liked everything about it from both teams until Hartman gave the finger. To me, I'd give him one game suspension. Uh, as always, Rob, I respect your opinion. I think realistically, I doubt that'll happen based on I just things that have happened in the past. Yeah, I agree. No, no, I, I, thing, I totally understand what you're saying. Yeah, I, just don't... That the, I know what you're going to say, but the, but the fine, it, it's going to be a fine. But to me, a 5000 fine doesn't do anything. I mean, that's like you and I getting fined 20 bucks. Now, it still would hurt us, the $20 fine, but it... To me, send a message. It's a one-game suspension. You can't do that because if you send, if you find the guy five grand, because I think that's the most you can find him, that's not telling the rest of the league don't do this anymore. I, seriously, it just isn't. But if you suspend a guy for a game, and you're down and coming into the playoff stretch, well, certainly someone's going to think twice about taking his glove off and giving the finger to another player on national TV. Yeah, pretty unusual that that happens. I did quickly Google and look. 
my employers at 630 Chad, it was for work. I Googled NHL obscene gesture. Uh, only a couple <laughs> came up just in my initial search here. And, uh, and I did text, uh, John Shannon as well, who said maybe he's good. There's going to be a fine. It would be up to Colin Campbell, not player safety in that regard. Cause I don't think hurt feelings are <laughs> apply. Under you don't know safety. words hurt, Reed. Words and gestures can't hurt. Uh, you know, Ferentz <laughs> got fined for giving both of them were actually Boston players to Montreal fans. Imagine that. <laughs> Imagine what happened between those two teams and fans before every game was recorded and on TV. <laughs> Ooh, there'd be a lot more fines yeah. out there. Yes. Uh, so Ferris got fined for giving the fans the, the finger. Remember, I think he had his glove on, right? And said it was a malfunction at the time. And uh, Luch got a penalty and was getting mocked by the fans and was, uh, find for another form of obscene gesture which i can let people look up themselves if they want to so that's why i think it'll probably be a fine for ryan hartman though i'm sure everybody understands what rob is saying okay rough one for the oilers beaten pretty soundly tonight 5-1 minnesota wins it here's swinger zach hyman yeah obviously tough one for us um just execution i think you know executing on plays uh, we had trouble breaking out, and uh, that's just not on the D. That's just that's the whole group coming back, supporting each other. Um, yeah, just we didn't execute. Is it sometimes tough to pick a fight, and Minnesota just has your number? The, the, the two teams don't mesh as well as you'd like. No, I think you know I don't think we've played our best in any of the games that we played them. It's not like we, you know, come into any of the games and left feeling good about ourselves. So um, yeah, I just you know I think we have two. Play well. That's it. That's what it comes down to executing, right? We, we didn't execute on, on very many plays. So, from where we sit, from where fans sit, you see the defenseman making a turnover and it's in your net. From you always see it a different way, or you see some, you know, the forwards could do a better job helping out, or like explain, I guess, that to us. It, is, it, is it not as simple as a guy just giving it away and it going in your net? Is more no. to it than that? Yeah, there's more to it than that. I mean, we're all good hockey players, right? Just, they're. There's, you know, holding a guy up and allowing your D to have an extra second. Like, there's little plays that probably go unnoticed from, from above that, you know, go noticed from the players just being able to help our D in, in, in different scenarios, right? I mean, when you when you feel like you're on an island, it's it's easier to make mistakes than, you know, when you feel like you're being supported. So, um, you know, mistakes do happen. But uh, as a group, I think that we have to be better and, and, and take care of each other, right? If somebody makes a mistake, you can you can be in a position to, to back them up. And so it's not a, a goal. And, you know, most people forget about those that don't go in the net. Right. It's a good team over there. Like, they're big and they're fast and they move the puck around very well. Yep. That's a good wild team that I mean you've struggled with them you've played well against some very good teams this year but mm -hmm. you haven't managed to play well against that against that good team this year sure I mean it's three games right I think uh, you know good for them they're they're a good team they're deep you know um, but you know we're a good team and, and like you said we, we just haven't we haven't played our best so it's not like we've we've come in there and it's been best on best I think they've played really well in the games that we played them and and uh, we haven't been to that level yet to, to some, you know, a game like this is the end of the world. You know what it's like in, in, in the Canadian markets. You guys uh, got spanked in Calgary and responded very well after that. So how do you... Listen, it's an 82-game season, right? I think we've put ourselves in a really good position. I think that we've been playing really well of late. I think that you're allowed to have... You know, you don't want to have blips on, on the radar, but you're... you're, you're 
you're all, you're all human, right? I think that this is uh, one of those things where you, you you get back at it the next day and and you make it a blip, right? You you go back to playing the way that you you know you can play, and and we did that after uh, you said the Calgary game, and we're gonna do it again uh, after this one. That's almost that playoff mentality where you you. you crushed in game one it doesn't matter because game two is all that matters yeah i mean in playoffs it doesn't matter how much you win or lose by it's one one game at a time right it's a win and a loss so all right that's zach hyman with i think a pretty honest explanation of what happened tonight but also the uh not panicking and looking at the big picture as the oilers lose 5-1 to the minnesota wild rob brown anything stand out for you there well, I, I like the fact, and, and you just threw it out there, is they're not panicking. Again, they weren't going to run the table and win every game the rest of the season. They were going to have a, uh, you know, a game that did not go well for them as the course of the year finished off for them. And, and like getting those ugly ones out of the way. Um, I don't know if Keith and Bouchard have had a, a tougher game all season long, and you hope that they don't have another tough one like this. Get it out of your way before the games get even more important. So this is a good Edmonton team. It's on a really, really good run. And they ran into a very strong Minnesota team that's playing great on home ice, that uh, got the bounces that they needed early, and the Oilers played into it with some bad plays. So uh, I don't, I didn't look a whole lot into the Oilers' 6-1 win over Anaheim a few days ago or whatever it was and think, okay, this is a world-beating team and I don't look much into this 5-1 loss. I look at the big picture as well, and the big picture says that the Oilers are, are set up nicely in the standings. They've played very well for a long stretch here, and they have an opportunity uh, in two days to play against a good playoff-bound Nashville team and bounce back from a, an off night in Minnesota. 5-1, the Oilers lose on Ryan Nugent Hopkins' birthday. He was the subject of set the line tonight for River Cree Resort and Casino. Excitement bet on it. I set the line at four minutes for total Nugent Hopkins ice time on special teams. Well, he is well over 401 on the power play alone, 237 killing penalties for 638. Ronnie gets the $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. You know what? Let's do this tonight on the phone line, uh, guys and gals. 780-496-0063 presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed Pro all the way. I think we kind of know what happened tonight i think we've kind of broken it down i think hyman and uh woodcroft talked about it so i'll I'll throw this question to you as an assignment for you can answer and call in and give us you know 30 45 seconds on why which western conference team do you think would be the toughest matchup for the oilers and we can include the central divisions and fantasize about the oilers going to the conference final so you got calgary la and and maybe vegas that they might have to play uh, and then you got Nashville, Dallas, Minnesota, St. Louis, and Colorado. So we'll include eight teams. One of those won't be in the, in the playoffs. Maybe, you know, Vegas, Dallas, L.A., Nashville. Uh, Can I throw mine in right now, who I think? Yeah, absolutely. I think that the two teams that the others would have the toughest time with are the Minnesota Wild and the St. Louis Blues. Oh, I, it's, very, it's Minnesota. I mean, that's why I'm asking after yep. a game like this and a season series that wound up 16-5. Yep, I think Minnesota's now, number one, and I think St. Louis would be number two. I think St. Louis is a big, strong, physical team. with They're strong down the middle. They've got some good defensemen. Uh, they got a fantastic young goaltender, and they've won it before. So I think that would be a really tough, uh, a tough team for the Oilers to play as well. But the good thing is, if they play either one of those teams, then the Oilers are well on their way in the playoffs. 
Yeah, and they're probably playing really well. And obviously, look, we're not doing this to disrespect anybody. Clearly, Calgary's nope. the best team in the Pacific Division. But it is interesting. Because there's a, you know, I mentioned some of the websites I look at for odds. There's another one called moneypuck.com that has the Oilers, again, 97, 98 point uh, percent chance to make the playoffs. And the Oilers have a better percentage of winning the Stanley Cup, according to this site, than the New York Rangers. Well, why is that? Because of the division the Oilers are in, mm-hmm. right? So they're saying, yep. so that site is saying mathematically, the Oilers might have a better chance of getting out of the Pacific Division and going to the final than uh, an excellent New York Rangers team would. But I, I, I think it's Minnesota. They just come at the Oilers. They got good goaltending. Um, I, I mean, the Oilers still play the Avalanche again. The two games they've played them have been really close and really exciting. Now, again, Landeskog and Kadri weren't in the lineup. <laughs> <laughs> no, a few um, days ago. And, so, and when we'll we, ask when you throw, that tonight. Yeah, when you throw at Minnesota and I throw at Minnesota and Colorado, that to me doesn't say that they're going to have a hard, not going to have a hard time against Calgary or LA or Vegas or the other teams because they will. I just think if on the depth chart, Minnesota and St. Louis are at the top, but there are some other really good teams. I mean, the others could go a long way in the in the playoffs. The others could lose four straight in the first round. A, a, a LA team gets on a roll, or Vegas does with goaltending or bounces or whatever it is. But the two toughest teams, the way that they play against the Edmonton Oilers, to me, is St. Louis and Minnesota. All right. You can answer that question, 780-496-0063. We'll call a quick timeout. Oilers fall 5-1. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Pass to the middle. Kaprizov will walk in on the right pad. Save made by Koskinen. Kaprizov trying to go back through the legs. Yeah, great move by Kaprizov, but Miko Kostin comes up with a save of the game for Reface Magic. Transform your kitchen with ease. See the magic at refacemagic.ca. Koskinen's stats aren't good tonight. 18 saves on 23 shots, but he did make some pretty good stops and uh, didn't have a lot of help as Minnesota tramples the Oilers 5-1 tonight. We're going to get to a postgame from Evander Kane in a couple of minutes here. I'm just following Michael Russo, who has covered the Minnesota Wild for ages. He said that uh, Ryan Hartman had this to say about protecting Kirill Kaprizov. Hartman's quote, it goes to show we had five guys in there. They didn't have one guy in there to help him. I don't think any of their guys are going to defend him. Hartman added that if he's fine for his gesture, it'll be well worth the wait. So Hartman clearly uh, referencing Kane's previous reputation, perhaps with some of his teammates in the past. Um, I, I mean, we're aware of what Kane is thought of by some around the league. I don't know by all players. Uh, I, I don't know. I'll say this. I, I think the orders on the ice. So Yama was on. I saw McLeod in there. Barry was in yeah, there. I'm not sure who the there. other player was. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not oh, sure if the orders was... had anybody on the ice that was comfortable uh, completely engaging in a fight though. Well, I don't, I don't situation. think the wild did either. I don't think the wild didn't have any other tough guys out there either, but I, I, all 10 guys were involved. There was nobody that was standing by himself. So everybody was involved. Um, so I think that was just emotions with Hartman there talking, uh, after the game. But, uh, to me, he'll be fine. Um, the, their team stuck together, but so did the Oilers. I thought it was, everything was good. Everything was good that happened in that moment other than, uh, the finger being given to it to the other player just to me that you just don't want that in in your in your league so but as far as Hartman right now what he's saying he's he's an it's an emotional part of the game and he let his uh his emotions get the best of him in his speak afterwards all right we're gonna get to Evander Kane in a second here but first we'll bring Doug in on the certainty hotline hey Doug go ahead uh yeah this is directed to Rob 
this is a true story. 1965, Little Store in South Edmund bought his uniforms and a severely handicapped gentleman named Larry volunteered to coach. And lo and behold, we won the provincials and we made the final four in Weyburn, which was a hundred and some teams at the time. And we didn't import anybody. We never drafted anybody. 15 kids showed up and he coached us and taught us. And the sponsor, Doug from the food market, brought us Revelos or Pop, whether we won or lost. We didn't worry about who we were going to play tomorrow. We just wanted to play. Uh, so that answers your question about who would you like to see in the first round. Don't worry about it. Yeah, well, actually, we weren't talking about who the, we want the Oilers to see. Because, actually, I don't really care who the Oilers play in the playoffs. I just, I'm looking to be entertained. We're saying who the Oilers would have the toughest game or who would there be their toughest opponent. Because they wouldn't have, they won't play the teams Reed and I mentioned until the third round at the, at the earliest. And at that point, neither one of those teams could be in the playoffs anyways. Colorado could have uh, moved on ahead. But it's a nice story. And I guess I agree. You don't worry about who, and, and Jay Woodcroft said that tonight. No, I'm I mean, not worried about what. Yeah. I'm not worried about what Minnesota did. I'm strictly worried about our team, how we can get better. Yeah, we're throwing that out there as a talk show, fun oh, yeah. type, no. let's, let's speculate type question. You know, whoever the Oilers play in, in game one of the postseason, if they get there, is, is going to be who we're, we're talking about at that time for sure. That was, that was a cool story, though. We appreciate that. Yeah, very nice. Okay, uh, we will get to everybody who is on hold, but as mentioned, here's the Vander Kane postgame. Disappointment of, uh, of that one. Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely not what we wanted to, to transpire tonight. I think, um, you know, we, we we played pretty well in the first period. Obviously, uh, you know, we make a mistake, mistakes are going to happen. That's uh, no big deal, and um, you know, we should respond. But you know, we came out flat in the in the second period. We didn't have everybody going tonight, and um, you know, they took advantage of their opportunities that they got. They're good. They're big and they're fast and with the puck well. Uh, they're a good team, and for whatever reason, every time you play them, you guys haven't been at your best, and they've given you some trouble this year. Is that fair? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, I've only played them twice this year, um, so I, I can't speak for the other the other matches. But, uh, yeah, we, we obviously haven't played our best uh, hockey uh, against these guys, and um, the games have been a little lopsided. But, uh, you know, sometimes that's just the way it happens in, in the course of a long season. It's maybe not just the opponent. It's, it's just the way timing is. Um, you know, we've, we've had a good stretch of hockey here, and um, we've dropped a couple, uh, played well in one, and obviously not so good tonight. Do you feel tonight maybe the scoreboard wasn't quite indicative of the way you guys played either? I mean, 5-1 sounds lopsided, but it wasn't completely a huge blow-off 5-1 game. Almost. Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, the goals that they scored, um, you know, we... The great majority of them, we handed them. Uh, you know, we, we did spend some time in, in the ozone and, and were able to grind them down. Didn't get the bounces we would have liked in the offensive zone, but um, it, it definitely didn't feel as lopsided as, as the score indicates. But at the same time, we, we can't be giving up those type of uh, opportunities to teams that can capitalize. You had mentioned those were giveaways. Is there a level of concern for on the defensive part where some of those were just so egregious? Like, here, take the fuck. I mean, what's what are you guys thinking there? A little bit? No, I, I think, you know, mistakes are going to happen. Um, you just try, have to try to limit them. 
uh, we didn't do a very good job of that. I thought, like I said, I thought we had a pretty good first period. Um, we're down one nothing. We were playing well. I think we were out shooting them halfway through the second. Um, so we spent a lot of time in the zone. But but again, we 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 gave them too many opportunities, uh, and they capitalized, and, and we didn't. Evander, oh sure, go ahead. Touch. I mean, it, it, it's weird to ask after a five-one loss like this. But what's the mood like in the room? You guys sort of have to compartmentalize things and you know not have your head in your hands and realize it's thirteen or two, three. Or, 12-3-2 and two in the last 17. Yeah, if that's what it is. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, obviously we're not happy. Um, nobody's happy in the room. Uh, I certainly wasn't. So um, at the same time, we can't uh, sit back and concern ourselves too much with this game. We have to bury it and, and move on to Nashville, who's you know in a race for a wild card spot, and we're trying to solidify ours. So um, we got to get ready for another good hockey team on Thursday. And um, you know, rebound after a night like this. And you did that after the Calgary game too, right? It looked like it was a pretty uh, stark uh, moment, and then you guys ran off a whole bunch in a row. Yeah, we did. Um, you know, that's a, that's a good example. Um, you know, we seem to be able to rebound uh, after some not-so-great performances, and um, that's what we'll be looking to do on Thursday against Nashville for sure. The linesman stepped in at the end on you there. There was, looks like you had something you wanted to... <laughs> yeah, no, uh, you know, it took all five guys and uh, couldn't bring me down. So um, it's, it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's something I definitely would have liked to get loose. Let's put it that way. Came over to talk with the Superman punch there. You don't see that too much. <laughs> yeah, that's what, you know, these little guys, they, they want to act tough, but they're, <laughs> they wait for the linesman to come in. <laughs> there's, your, there's your quote, guys. All right. All right. Well, yeah, there's the quote. What do you think of that response, Rob? Okay, we might have lost Rob's connection. We'll bring him in again after the uh, the 9.30 news. Quickly updating the Edmonton Trailer scoreboard here. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. It is uh, Calgary, who were once trailing Seattle 3-1, now leading 4-3 with about four minutes left in the second period. No score after two, Lightning and Stars. The Canucks lead the Golden Knights 3-2. That's in the second period. Devils up 2-1 on the Coyotes with six minutes left in the second. Finals, Buffalo over Toronto 4-2. The Blues knock off the Bruins 4-2. It is the Panthers beating the Ducks 3-2 in overtime. The Hurricanes win 4-2 against the Rangers. Chris Kreider scores on that game, 50th goal of the season for the Rangers. Capitals taking it to the Flyers, 9-2 is the final. Islanders beat the Penguins 5-4 in a shootout. Ottawa wins 4-1 in Detroit. Predators over the Sharks, 1-0 in overtime. Johansson, the winner, Oilers at Predators in two days. Kings win 5-2 in Chicago. And right here on 630, Chad, Minnesota beating the Oilers 5-1. Blue Jays lost 4-0 to the Yankees. More of your calls at 780-496-0063. Back in a couple of minutes, Heartland Ford overtime open line on 630, Chad. Five, Oilers one is the final. Rob, we played the Evander Kane post game just before we uh, went to the news there. Now, obviously, Hartman and Kane don't know what is the other guy is saying they're not going to see it till after the fact but Kane gave the little clip there uh, the little guys always <laughs> want to fight me once the linesman come in well it's probably true <laughs> <laughs> I've, I, I've played with lots of guys that were tougher when the linesman got between the two of them uh, there's nothing said and then the linesman comes in and that's when you swing wildly and you start throwing more words out there knowing that yeah, I am pretty safe because the linesmen are usually bigger than the players anyway so uh, funny, just um, to me, it's uh, that's part of the game. You, I have no problem with what uh, Kane said, and 
in all honesty, is 100% true. All right. <laughs> See if anything else comes out of that one. Now I kind of hope they play in the playoffs. That'd be a little more <laughs> well, uh, of a storyline going into it. Yeah, I hope they do because that means it's probably the third round and it's a lot more exciting here in Edmonton as the Oilers go further and further. All right, back to the Certainty Hotline. We have Daniel standing by. Hey, Daniel, go ahead. Good evening, fellas. Well, it's, it's nights like tonight where I don't envy the either of you, <laughs> but uh, we will survive. We will survive. Um, well, as soon as you were uttering the, the question there, Reed, I have to say that I honestly, before Rob got it out of his mouth, said Minnesota and St. Louis, so those are my two picks as far as your question went. Um, I just have one question for you, and I, I'm I'm really not trying to pick on it pick on him you know i love him as an oiler but is it my imagination or has darnell nurse's edge seemed to have dropped out of his game um, well, that's a good question yeah it is um i i i don't think so i i mean i i think he's got a more controlled edge than he has in the past I think that it, when when I watch the games live uh, at Rogers, uh, you see a lot of things that the TV doesn't show behind the plays. And uh, everybody, every time he finishes a play, he makes sure that uh, there's a physicality to it. There was a little anger in it in front of the net. Uh, he's not afraid of a face wash and, and things like that. But he doesn't take the penalties, which is important because uh, he's the. I mean, he's their best defenseman, and they need him on the ice, not in the penalty box. So. I think he has a more controlled edge than he's had in the past just because of his importance to the team. All right. Rob, did we lose you again? Um, I don't know. Oh, Can you there. hear me? Okay. Sorry. Sorry. I was worried I might have dropped off there. You've finished your thoughts so concisely. Well, you know, I've got cue cards here, and uh, my daughter's yeah, in here giving me all the advice pre- that I can have. Pre-wrote so everything said, for any, any yeah, possible yeah, she has it all written down. Yeah, she also said if we're going to talk about bubble guppies or Elmo, we can talk about that as well. So I'm I'm, I'm versed in just about anything they throw at me tonight. <laughs> You're ready to go. Uh, yeah, Nurse, uh, he played 22-59 tonight. Obviously, he's the Oilers' leader in, a, in ice time. I think that's a... And again, I think this sort of factors into or combines into some of the other things you were talking about tonight, Rob, whether it's Darnell Nurse or other players, playoff series. And you've referenced this as well when you said what would be your Oilers wish list for the deadline that you wanted a rugged defenseman, Mm -hmm. you know, right shot that can pound away and stop the cycle. The Oilers are not... And, and look, this might frustrate some people, but it ain't going to change overnight. It, it's, it's not going to change for the playoffs. You're going to have to maybe have some players step out of their comfort zone a little bit. But the Oilers are built to advance the puck up the ice quickly, get it deep in the other team's end, and, and try to go to work. They're, they're not so... That is a form of grinding, I suppose, but they're not built to, all right, this line's going to pound you. Now this line's going to pound you. Now, like, that's not how they're how they're structured. So, you know, you might have a couple of guys who can do it, but I, I don't think that's their game. Like, I, I don't think they're going to win that way. And, and for, you know, it, it could be an Achilles heel when you get into the postseason. Yeah, you're right, Reed. If, if you look on the back end, uh, Nurse will play physical, and he finishes most almost all his checks. 
Uh, and CC's not a not a real physical player. He's very solid defensively, but he doesn't have a nasty bone in his body. Bouchard, no. Keith, no. Uh, Kulak, who I think has been very good since he's come here, uh, not a real aggressive defender. Uh, and Tyson Berry, obviously not. So the back end is is not a physical back end at all. And then up front, uh, they've added some size and grit. Now, Evander Kane has done everything that they'd hoped for him more, and he is physical, and he does get in on the forecheck, and he plays with edge. But Yamamoto on the wing up there, he, he finishes checks, but again, he's only 155 pounds, finishes them. Hyman, he takes a beating and, and works hard, but he's not mean. Leon is probably the most physical of all those forwards uh, up front, but the players that they expected it from in their third and fourth lines, uh, Fogel hasn't been a physical player. Uh, he, he gets in on the forecheck, he skates hard, he works hard, but he's not a physical player. And then the other one that you would expect and hope is Zach Cassian, and it's hit and miss with him. So the Oilers up front are skilled, they're bigger, they can withstand uh, the physicality of other teams. But we've seen a lot of nights where Connor and Leon have led the charge physically along with Evander Kane. So it's not a, it's not like you look at these like the Minnesota Wild. They've got their third and fourth line that they're big, strong, and they are physical, and they will finish checks. The Oilers don't have that in their third and fourth lines like a lot of other teams do. All right, Oilers lose 5-1. Whenever it's Edmonton scoring five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. That allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village featuring Alberta's own Brant Lake Wagyu. Visit jvedmonton.ca. You can get us at 780-496-0063. It's Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Now to dry side. Oh, we'll shoot. Scores! Leon Dreisaitl let it go. Hyman was right in front of the net. It's a power play goal. And the Oilers cut the wild lead to 5-1. Well, that was the Oilers' only goal tonight. It is a uh, bit of a franchise milestone. Leon Dreisaitl sets a new record for power play goals in a season with 21. Gretzky had 20 in 83-84. Ryan Smith had 20 in 96-97. A power play story for Extreme Power Products, your full-line Kubota dealer with four locations, including a new one in Camrose. Check out Extreme with an X, powerproducts.com. Okay, we'll go to the Certainteed Hotline. Tom, you're on with Robin Reed. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Uh, one comment first. I called the other day and I said something about Perlini as a black ace. And uh, I didn't say anything. And then I noticed other callers, while you're responding, they say stuff. So I might have to jump in next time and interject. Anyway. Uh, I was wondering with Rob, what, how hard is it to flip that switch and go from regular season hockey to playoff hockey where, you know, you'll see guys that are angling a guy toward the board, but he doesn't really finish him. And yet in the playoffs, you're just supposed to flip that switch and start doing that. Like what, what, what's that like? Um, it, it does amp up. It, it, there's no team could survive an 82-game schedule playing playoff-style hockey. They're just, you would run out of players. The intensity, the physicality, uh, the emotion, all of it is just at another level. Um, as, as you get closer to the playoffs, coaches and teams certainly want their teams playing more and more like playoff hockey. Uh, and a lot of the little things, the details, uh, the uh, discipline, uh, the physicality, not as much, or the shot blocking. Uh, I mean, come playoff time, guys will block 
the puck with their face if they have to. Now, if you do that in the regular season, you're going to be losing players come playoff time. But it, it's it, it's funny, and and I've said that, told the story before. The very first game I ever played in the playoffs in Pittsburgh, sitting in the dressing room, the entire building, 15 minutes before we went on the ice, were all stomping their feet, screaming, and we as players got chills in the dressing room. It was the, an incredible experience, and that energy from the fans when you went on the ice, I felt like I was six foot four and I could run through anybody. So it, it's easy to flip it on just because of the importance of the games. And when you're in your home rink, the emotion and the energy in the crowd, it gets you going. Um, but having one of the things, though, coaches don't want to go into a playoff struggling. They don't want the, the players going in uh, not playing their best because that's hard to flip on and off. If you're not back-checking, if you're not getting pucks in deep, if you're cheating on things defensively, those will carry over come playoff time but the emotion part of it that's pretty easy to flip on the first time they drop the puck in the playoffs it's a completely different uh ball game and it's it's something that y you have to be there to experience and we've seen that here in edmonton in playoff time just the emotion in the building how much different it is than the emotion in a january game when minnesota comes through I've referenced this before, Rob, that story Jody Shelley, uh, Jody Shelley told me last year about his first playoff game. And he said when he got off the ice after his first, she uh, first shift, he felt, I can't remember exactly how he described like almost dizzy. Like he just mm -hmm. he couldn't believe how much faster it was than a regular season game. Just he, oh. he said guys were just flying around and then he was like, it, okay, it is unbelievable. this is, this is, the, yeah, Reed, this is it, what it's, it's like. The the feeling is amazing. It, it absolutely is. And it's funny because you feel it. And we here in Edmonton in three weeks' time, I think, or whatever the playoffs start, you'll feel it in throughout the city the night before the game. And then during the day, as an Oiler jersey on, and the signs are up, and people are talking about it, you know, all morning long. All after, it's That energy feeds into the players. And then when you get out on the ice, it, it's serious. It, it, guys that have never th have got six hits on the season throw four in their first shift. And, and the, the cool thing about playoffs is you could have had the worst season of your NHL career, but come playoff time, everybody's stats is the exact same. You're all starting at zero. You could be a team that barely made the playoffs, but come that first game of the playoffs, you've got just as good a chance as anyone else trying to win the Stanley Cup. So that just pumps everybody up. And uh, I look forward to the playoffs. Even when I, as a fan, watching games on TV, I get excited and I get into it, even if I got no skin in the game. I could be watching Tampa, Florida, and I'm like, oh, my God, this game is so good. I can't turn it off. I'm staying up till 2.30 in the morning to watch this game. And that's what playoff hockey is all about. Kelly Rudy, he's told the story several times. 92-93, Kings went to the Stanley Cup final. That was one of his worst regular seasons, Rob. Like, he went through some bad stuff during the year, wasn't playing well. Um, the Kings had rough goes in the season. Gretzky was hurt for part of the regular season, so that set them back. And then, you know, they kind of put it together and go up against Montreal. I, I still remember when the Oilers finally were in the playoffs after 10 years out in 2017 that they opened at home against San Jose. And I remember doing the face-off show and the Let's Go Oilers chant started 20 minutes before the warm-up. Before the warm-up. 
like th- there were enough fans in the seats that there was an audible let's go Oilers chant. So, I mean, I, I understand what you're saying, but the, the building shaking in Pittsburgh, it's, it's a totally different animal. And like you said, it pulls people in, pulls the whole city and the whole community, gets people watching who maybe wouldn't be that interested in, in hockey or playoffs otherwise. I mean, it, it is pretty special. Hopefully the Oilers are going to get there. A bit of a setback tonight. Uh, L.A. did win, so they inch closer to the Oilers. They're still in third, though, and I'm just checking the Vancouver. 4-2 Vancouver right now. Okay, well, that's good for the Oilers because there's two ways the Oilers can get in. They get enough points or Vegas just loses points. I mean, it's in any points that Vegas doesn't get helps the Oilers as well. It is, and and Vegas has a tough schedule. I think they've got five playoff teams on their their schedule for the remainder of the season. The Canucks are not one of their five teams that – are in the playoffs right now. This was a game that the the Vegas Golden Knights needed. I believe, I didn't check, but I heard that Stone was supposed to play tonight for yep. the Golden Knights. He's been out for quite a while. Uh, they've got a third period to try to come back in that game, but uh, there's just points are at a premium right now, and they're going to be playing in Calgary and in Edmonton, two tough, tough rinks to play at. Vegas may run out of runway if they can't find two points tonight in Vancouver. Stone, uh, three shots tonight. He's played 10 and a half minutes through two periods. Flames uh, did beat Seattle 5. I think I might have said that game was late in the second period. It was late in the third. Flames did beat I, Seattle 5. Yeah, three. I watched that game while we've been talking. Uh, they came on in the third period. They were very good in the third period as Kachuk had a hat trick in that game. And uh, the Calgary Flames found a way to win. They pulled, Actually, they pulled Markstrom and went with Vladder in the third period. He, had a, he pitched a shutout in the third period. Okay, Oilers lose 5-1 in Minnesota. Back for some final thoughts. Heartland Ford, overtime open line. Well, the Oilers' record sinks to 42-26-6. and 5-1 loss to the Minnesota Wild, who are doing great. 9-0-1 now in their last 10 home games. They sweep the three-game season series with the Oilers, and the goal differential not pretty, 16-5 in favor of Minnesota and uh well they're likely going to play I don't even know if, if it's possible that someone well I guess mathematically it's possible but they're almost assured to play St. Louis in the first round Rob uh fighting for home ice advantage now that could be the series to watch <laughs> in the first round Minnesota St. Louis that is going to be a great series I you know in all honesty I wish the NHL would go back to the way it was before 1-8 2-7 all the way through in the playoffs I think too many good teams lose out in the first round just because of the way they do divisional matchups. I'm a much bigger fan that you should be rewarded for your regular season, 82 games. If you come in second in the national or in your conference, you should be playing a team that came in seventh. You shouldn't be playing like a two, three that we've seen a number of times over the last number of years. But yes, that St. Louis, Minnesota series would be a fantastic first round series as we're going to see what whoever is in the Toronto division there's going to be two very good teams in that first round playing against each other and one of them will be gone as well well yeah and you know it's funny because the the eight eastern teams have kind of been decided for a while but the seedings are still up for grabs right now it would be the rangers would play pittsburgh toronto would play tampa bay boston would play carolina and washington would play florida i mean pittsburgh's having a bit of a slide here three six and one in their last ten uh, Rangers are, were chasing Carolina for first, but I guess the the Carolina got the win tonight. So, yeah, there's going to be some awesome matchups for sure. Uh, in 20 seconds, Rob, if you were running Oilers practice tomorrow, what would you focus on? Uh, breakouts. I'd focus on breakouts with pressure. 
I, I would have dumping it in very, very quickly and moving the puck as a defenseman under stress because that's where the Oilers struggle today. And I believe the Nashville Predators will be a very good forechecking team on Thursday. All right, more on this game on 630Shed.com or globalnews.ca. 5-1 mini takes it. Oilers Hockey is presented by Friesen Brothers. Thanks to our studio producer, Kellen Kennedy, tonight. Next game broadcast at Nashville, 430 face-off show on Thursday, game at 6. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.